Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey everyone, it's Katie Couric, and I want to tell you about one of my new favorite podcasts. It's called A Really Good Cry with the amazing Roddy Devlukia, a plant-based chef, entrepreneur, and now a podcast host who will guide you through a journey of self-discovery, one tear at a time. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Roddy Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and this is Next Question. You know, it suddenly feels like everyone is talking about the metaverse, doesn't it? This week, we are looking at the rising trend of the metaverse. The metaverse. Metaverse, which doesn't exist yet, and no one really knows what it is. People and companies are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into the vision of the metaverse. But what the hell is the metaverse, and what could it mean for our collective future? Technically, it's defined as a network of 3D virtual worlds focused on social connection. Thank you, Wikipedia. But otherwise, the only real consensus seems to be that it's going to be huge. How huge? Well, Google, Apple, Snapchat, and Microsoft have all made mega meta investments. And Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg even renamed his company Meta. I believe the metaverse is the next chapter for the internet. And it's the next chapter for our company, too. Honestly, this meta moment kind of reminds me of another seminal moment in our tech evolution back in 1994. No, a lot of people use it and communicate. I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what internet is? Yeah, that's right. I've always been on the cutting edge of technological revolutions. So I made a date with Wall Street Journal tech columnist Joanna Stern, who's really nice and funny, by the way, to meet me in the metaverse so I could see for myself what this whole thing is all about. A small spoiler alert, we, and not just me, seem to be in the dial-up stage of the metamorphosis. So I'm very excited, Joanna, to have you as a tour guide today for my exploration into the metaverse, because you're an old hand at this, right? I I will say I have spent quite a bit of time in the metaverse. Um, I, uh, you know, I had a 24 hour stint in the metaverse. I have been frequently putting on my headset here in my office. So I'm, I'm ready to show you wherever you'd like to go, I guess. (laughs) I know you wrote this article for the Wall Street Journal And I'm curious what advice you would give me or anybody else who's sort of a metaverse novice. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is kind of like understanding that the metaverse right now is 
is not really a thing, right? It's this potential of a future thing. So what I have written about is virtual reality and Meta, the the company formerly known as Facebook has been saying is that virtual reality and other forms of our digital, our devices are going to help us get to this metaverse, which is a digital virtual world where we have avatars that are ourselves. And we do things in this metaverse that we do in the real world, right? We work, we work out, we play, we play games, we do other sorts of activities. And so we can do it in this other world. And one of the ways to get there is virtual reality right now. And so right now, what we kind of have is a virtual reality headset. Um, There are a number of them out there, but the most popular one is made by Meta. It's called the Quest 2. And it really is virtual reality. There are some apps that give you a glimpse of what the metaverse could be or will be. One of them being a, a meeting room area where we could meet and we could have a conversation around a virtual conference room table. Um, There are others where there are sort of like playgrounds, virtual playgrounds and virtual campfires. And there's kind of other games and things like that. But right now, all of this is very, it's in its infancy and it's not quite the metaverse. We seem to be in a very meta moment though, I think, Joanna. And when I hear you say we can work out in the metaverse, that sounds absolutely ludicrous to me because, you know, I am a physical being. If I have my avatar doing a Pilates class, oh, isn't that great? But it's my avatar getting into shape and and working on its core instead of me as a human being doing the same. Well, this is where we can get really meta, as you say, and we can get really deep and psychological and philosophical. Will these avatars be us? Will we be different people in these avatar bodies? But again, like sort of, this is the the word about the metaverse, right? Like people are talking about in these vague ways. Right now, actually, one of my favorite things, if not my only thing I actually really like doing in VR is working out. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's an app. Oh, well, you mean like playing tennis or boxing? Yeah. yeah. So there's an app called Supernatural and you don't actually have an avatar. It's just, you just see arms, right? And you see your hands and yeah, like I'm working out. I'm at the you know, base of Machu Picchu with some instructor who like every other instructor is, you know, telling me and, and motivating me like my Peloton instructors, like my soul cycle instructor to keep hitting the things and pick up my space, my pace and do all of these things. Um, again, like, is that the metaverse or is that just the virtual reality game that's kind of working out? Okay, so let's do this thing, okay? Let's let's see if we can do this thing. Let's go into the metaverse, Joanna. I will see you as an avatar, Katie. So join us, won't you, in the metaverse right after the break. Hey everyone, it's Katie Couric, and I want to tell you about one of my new favorite podcasts. It's called A Really Good Cry with the amazing Roddy Devlukia, a plant-based chef, entrepreneur, and now a podcast host who will guide you through a journey of self-discovery, one tear at a time. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Roddy Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, 
Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Joanna. Hi. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. I am, and getting here has not been half the fun. I mean, this has been a bit of a shit show. Uh, (laughs) We had to do a lot of behind-the-scenes tech work and put this on hold while we figured it out. So I guess to say the metaverse isn't quite ready for prime time is a bit of an understatement, huh? I'm I'm not happy you experienced all this, but I am also sort of happy you experienced this because this is what it's like right now. And so where are we, Joanna, in terms of the development of the metaverse early stages Well, funny enough that you ask us on stage. Literally, we are on the early stages of this kind of weird looking stage. But as you have experienced in just trying to put your avatar and my avatar in one virtual room, it's a lot. It's hardware that you've got to put on your head. You've then got to navigate this weird software and figure out on top of that a social network layer where we both look like avatars. And so all of that right now is just early days in terms of the technology. And then you have to think about just like any technology, then there's the adoption, right? The how do people accept this technology? How do they think of this as a thing that they would like to use? What is the reason they want to use it? And then looming over all of that, I like to say, is this question of trust. Are we going to trust this technology? And is, again, back to that second point, is there enough here that makes it worth us trusting and us doing? So all of that is to say is 
It's a lot, Katie. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot, Joanna. <laughs> Meanwhile, your hands are um, kind of floating. Looks like you have handcuffs that are not attached to your you don't have any arms, first of all, and you don't have any legs, Joanna. I'm sorry to tell you, Katie, you don't have you don't have arms or legs either. And you're wearing like shorts. Is my outfit based on what I'm wearing or did we select an outfit for me? Well, even if you selected an outfit for you, I will tell you that this app does not have very high fashion choices or many choices. We did have to do this in alt space, which is a little bit um, the experience here is is not as realistic as some of the other uh, social VR platforms. But you even with that, doesn't it sort of feel like we're in the room together? And do you feel a little bit uncomfortable I, when I come close to you? Um, you're you're well, I don't feel you're OK now, but come a little closer, Joanna. Right. Oh, this is okay. weird. Now you're definitely invading my personal space. I right? feel like. Yeah. Right. And That's, if I'm like screaming in your face, what if I'm saying something inappropriate or I'm yelling at you or I don't know if we these were hands that actually had more movement and I punched you it might feel a little real yeah and threatening and it would feel more real than on a 2d iphone right on, yeah, your, on a 2d definitely. screen and so even though this is so rudimentary and basic you are getting the sense of how real it could feel and while that's exciting it's also scary well, I have a question, Joanna. I mean, you look like a cartoon character, as do I. So the question is, will these avatars eventually be replaced with real-looking figures? So I could actually be conversing with you instead of a cartoon character of you. A hundred percent. So there are already some options that let you do that. One is called spatial and you actually upload a photo of yourself and it it doesn't look great, but it, it will take your face and sort of try to make it a 3D scan on top of a avatar body. And so even when you speak, your mouth moves too. So that's one thing that they don't have or they, we don't have enabled in this alt space right now. And then there are lots of different technologies that are going to let us actually sort of scan ourselves and look like holograms. This is something Microsoft's working on. Lots of other big tech companies are working on this. So you would basically have a 3D selfie of yourself. And right now it's tough to do. These are bigger files. You need special cameras. But imagine that sort of just coming to your iPhone or to your webcam and being able to scan your face and jump into here and you look like you and... Maybe we also have some nicer clothes and we sort of feel like this is our holograms. They're talking. Well, let's let's kind of help listeners describe where we are and what we're seeing. And then I want you to tell us about alt space, because I don't even know exactly what that is. But we're basically in a small theater that looks like it would be maybe somewhere in Tribeca or the village. It's got brick walls. Um, it's got a ceiling with with lights. And we're at a sort of a semicircle desk with microphones, and there's a big screen behind us that says next question with Katie Kirk, the name of this podcast. And um, it's almost as if we're at some kind of conference, right? A tech conference yeah. of some kind. 
Yeah, no, it feels like we're on, uh, there's a round table stage with microphones on the table. Um, I actually am sitting in a chair. Are you sitting in a chair in real life? Yeah, you're, well, you're, you're kind of kneeling on because you don't have any legs and it doesn't show you sitting. You're kind of just, you're at the end of your dress is on the chair. Yep. And your blue shorts and you have a sort of a teal shirt with polka dots and a nice haircut. Uh, I was going to say, what's my hair look like? Does it look good? Um, I mean, I I saw your hair in real life. It looked better in real life than it does in virtual. But the nice thing is like if there's a breeze here, nothing, nothing messes up your hair. So you never have to brush it. And it always looks like this. So that's good. Um, But yeah, no, we're I, I. I do actually feel like I'm sort of sitting next to someone. Um, and because I also hear your voice coming from that area, yeah. I know to look towards you over here and talk to you. Yeah, it almost, it feels like we're probably somewhere in Manhattan downtown, right? Yeah, and I've actually, so I've gone to a number of virtual events in these kinds of spaces in alt space. And alt space is a social platform for virtual reality. You can think of it as sort of a, a, a early, you remember the AOL chat rooms? Uh-huh. So I thought think of it a little bit like that because they are these can be pretty public. Me and you are in a private room right now, but we're talking and people can join public rooms like this. And I've been to a couple of these rooms where people One of the ones that I I went to in a project that I was working on was a a comedy show where somebody stood on a stage like this and then lots of other avatars were in the seats in the audience. And those people in the audience couldn't talk, but you could just hear the person on stage. You can make the room so everyone in the room can talk. Um, But there are all these different ways to configure what are really virtual events or virtual spaces where people can meet up. And so I kind of think of it as those like early days of the AOL chat rooms where you'd go in and you'd sort of meet random people and you just start chatting with them. So this is Mark Zuckerberg's new big bet, right? And tell me about what his dreams are for the metaverse and why Facebook wanted to plant their flag so early. Honestly, I think that he's looking at this sort of interaction that we're having right now in a virtual world together, two people socializing as what Facebook needs to be doing, right? If you think about what we did here, we went on, we made accounts, we dressed our avatars, we gave them names, we put on the headset, we came to a place to talk, right? That's what Facebook has been for the Uh internet, right? a place where people are congregating and socializing in a virtual space. Now, if the future is in headsets and we are all wearing glasses, let's say in five years down the line, what company is going to dominate there? How does Facebook make sure that it is one of the main companies dominating in that space? Like Apple and Google have dominated in the phone space. So Facebook brings to the table their social networking, but they're also here making the hardware. The headset you're wearing right now is made by Meta. Sorry, I keep calling them Facebook, but formerly known as Facebook Meta makes that headset that you're wearing. And so they're here in the hardware business to sell you hardware, but then they want you to put on that headset and live in their social network. But Joanna, if I wanted to talk to you, why can't I just FaceTime you on my phone? And I don't, you know, I, I, I would prefer that. Is that just because I'm old? 
the the thing is is that I actually did get into this sort of VR world uh, sort of communal space a lot during the pandemic. And so there was a couple of times where I would meet some colleagues around a conference room table like this, and it felt far more real than the Zooms we had been doing day after day after day. It did feel more real than a FaceTime, even if we were avatars. And that's because of the presence. That is because you, like, I'm looking at you right now here, and I'm in my basement, but like, for some reason in my head, I also am like, Katie's like kind of in the corner of my office on my printer. Like, that's weird. You know, in my, it, there's this melding of the virtual and the real world that right. that happens when you're wearing this that you don't have with FaceTime. But you could see the potential. And this is what augmented reality is about, where your virtual hologram, as we talked about before, comes into my living room and you sit on my couch and I'm wearing my glasses and you're just sitting on my couch you won't look like a cartoon. You'll look like a, you know, like you, right? You'll be wearing right. what you're really wearing. Maybe you'll customize it and you'll have your real face and you won't feel like a cartoon. And that might feel more real than holding up a phone or a tablet or, you know, a sort of a screen that you've put on your kitchen counter. So who else is getting into this space other than Meta slash Mark Zuckerberg? Eventually all the tech companies are going to get into this space Right now, Microsoft has started. They have what they call a HoloLens headset that is more aimed at businesses and enterprise. They are working towards more of this in terms of the metaverse. We expect Apple and Google, lots of rumors already that Apple's been working on headsets and that augmented reality, which is different than virtual reality. This is virtual reality right now. So we both don't see anything around us, right? I just see this virtual space. Augmented reality would be you see your real space and some digital objects. So Apple's working on the latter part, the augmented reality part of that. Snapchat is working on this. They've already got some prototype glasses. They're working on augmented reality in their apps. Um, some other big sort of startups that have re received a lot of money, but the, all the big tech companies are gonna be in this. More of my exploration of the metaverse with The Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern, coming up. Hey everyone, it's Katie Couric, and I want to tell you about one of my new favorite podcasts. It's called A Really Good Cry with the amazing Roddy Devlukia, a plant-based chef, entrepreneur, and now a podcast host who will guide you through a journey of self-discovery, one tear at a time. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Roddy Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. 
When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you about scary situations that can happen in the metaverse. This woman from the UK, there was a group of people and she says she was sexually assaulted in the metaverse. And what did you make of that? Well, I, let's, let's look at this situation right now. Me and you are two avatars, right? And in here, this feels a little bit more personal than a text chat on a Facebook group. Right. Right. Or a text message back and forth. When I come up to you and I'm going to do this again, because this is a good answer to what we were talking about. But when I come up to you, it sort of feels like I'm in your space. Right. Right. Like I'm I'm invading your personal space and you're hearing my voice. So if I said some abusive things or some mean things or I was yelling, that would probably feel worse than, let's say, writing all caps in a Facebook. Right. Because you've got more of your senses. Like, I'm looking at you, even though your mouth isn't moving, I do feel like I'm talking to you in this weird space in my basement. But you're... So this is all to say, you can see how something like harassment or abuse in these areas, which has been a common thing on the internet since the beginning of the internet can feel more real to people. And think about the challenges. On the internet, you can kick someone out of the group, right? Because immediately, if you see some sorts of curse words, you can quickly say that's bad, right? Right. That, that, is, that person is not abiding by our guidelines in this room or in this, in this space on our platform. Here, it's live audio. It's much harder to say, oh, that's a bad thing somebody's saying, or that's that's not true. That person's saying information that's not true or sharing information that's not true. And now they're going about abusing people. That's that's a much harder thing to police and to moderate with live audio and eventually live video like this. But I wonder the idea that you're talking to what seems to be more of a real person instead of a thumbnail picture on some platform like Twitter or Facebook. Do you think that might 
reduce the amount of nastiness that we that is so prominent online? It's a really good question, and I think it will change some social dynamics. But the one of the biggest things we've learned on the internet is just that bad people in real life are bad people on the internet, right? I mean, just and and sometimes the internet can make it easier to be a bad person. Sometimes it can be make it easier to be a good person, right? But when you enter spaces with other people, people and human nature is going to happen. And what are the tools that some of these platforms give people? What are the rules and the regulations that make people act within the guidelines that the company set forth? That's the big question about how they're going to be able to even moderate that. Well, the tech companies aren't really known for their sensitivity. I mean, a lot of them are (laughs) run by pretty bro-y guys. And I'm curious if they're starting to think of some of these other issues that might be pervasive once this technology is perfected. They're definitely starting to think of it, but the... And you have heard Mark Zuckerberg, he's said already that we need to be smarter this time around as we're creating this. Think about the potential problems before the problems happen, as we know they didn't in many cases over the last number of years. But with every new technology, there's going to be old problems, there's going to be new problems. And so are we all confident that there's not going to be problems? No, there are going to be problems. So... What is the difference between the metaverse and when people talk about Web3? That is a very good question. And I wish more people even knew what either of those terms meant. I will say I am often confused now reading both of those terms. And I see them just sort of being thrown around like marketing terms. I will say Web3 is this idea of the next generation of the Internet. And there are a lot of buzzwords that people are throwing around with that. Metaverse, blockchain, crypto, NFTs. Let's say that that is what people are saying is this next generation of the internet. There are some central tenants that kind of tie that all together. But the idea is that the biggest central tenant that I, I've heard and the most compelling thing is that we're in more control, right? We, we are not going to be run by big tech companies in this next version of the internet. So I'll leave you with that on Web3. On Metaverse, The idea is really a virtual world, that we all have virtual selves and we live in it. So some people will actually say we already have a metaverse, right? Um, Where you interact with anything online, we live in in a virtual world. You'll hear like things like Roblox or Fortnite or other places which are communities that are built around a virtual space are versions of the metaverse. You'll hear Mark Zuckerberg say he wants to build a metaverse like this, where you have a virtual avatar and you can go to all these different apps and do things there. So I would say the two are can align, as in the metaverse can be the future in this Web3 and maybe a component of Web3, but they are not the same thing. And also, I just won't, I, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you. No one really knows. They're just saying these terms. <laughs> because they want to get excited about some new technology on the horizon. And so how many years away are we from, you know, feeling comfortable in the metaverse for a few hours doing some activity? Um, is it, it how, five years away, 10 years away? 
It depends on who you ask, but even the the biggest CEOs of these companies right now are saying augmented reality where these glasses are smaller and more comfortable. And literally, I just got a pop up that says my battery is about to die in my headset. So the battery life lasts longer. All of this, they're saying five years at least. Right. Because this is where we are right now. These are where we are right now. And this is the best we really have out right now in terms of accessibility, affordability. I mean, these are not expensive headsets, too. That's a nice thing about this. It's more accessible to people. This is not, a, you know, this is $399. Or maybe it's $299. But yeah, th- like, this is where we are right now. And my head hurts and my battery's about to die. So my head hurts and, and uh, my battery's probably about to die, too. And as much as I've enjoyed talking to your avatar, I prefer talking to you on a Zoom honestly. And I, I think this is interesting, but I, I'm pretty happy in the real world too. Same, same, me too. Well, Joanna, I know your battery's about to run out. Thank <laughs> you so much for the tour. I'm going to go play pickleball on, on a, on a real pickleball court, um, which with fresh air and the sunshine and human beings uh, hitting the ball back at me. And I'm excited to get out of this headset and get out of this virtual world. Well, I'm gonna go see my real sons in real life and hopefully not crash into a wall trying to take this headset off. Thank you, Joanna. This was really fun and really interesting. Thank you. Okay, and I hope I get to meet you in person one day. I hope so too. I will wear a nicer outfit to my real interview with you. (laughs) Good. Okay, take care. (laughs) Tell your kids hi. Bye. Thank you so much to the Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern for taking me on my first and probably last for a while trip into the metaverse. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Katie Couric. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are me, Katie Couric, and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen, associate producers Derek Clements and Adriana Fazio. The show is edited and mixed by Derek Clements. For more information about today's episode or to sign up for my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call, go to katiecouric.com. You can also find me at Katie Couric on Instagram and all my social media channels. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey everyone, it's Katie Couric, and I want to tell you about one of my new favorite podcasts. It's called A Really Good Cry with the amazing Roddy Devlukia, a plant-based chef, entrepreneur, and now a podcast host who will guide you through a journey of self-discovery, one tear at a time. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Roddy Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, 
limitless answers. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.